Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. Well, we have a very interesting guest who is, I'll just say it, very brave uh, because she is coming in because I reached out to her completely cold, like completely cold. I'm sitting there looking up information about creative ways of using public domain characters and works and none other than marketingarchly.com. And, and then I reached out to the owner and Tara Jacobson was nice enough as the owner of Marketing fully marketingartfully.com. She has over 20 years experience in the marketing industry, but is, I would say, coming at this as an outsider to the nonprofit and social impact industry in her work with over thousands of small and mid-sized businesses and in this world. So uh, Tara, can you tell us maybe a bit more about your work and what you do? Uh, So I started internet marketing and making websites with like Dreamweaver and all of that back in the day. Um, merged to, I was a realtor for a couple of years. That was interesting. And then, uh, I owned a marketing company for years. And one of the reasons why I got so interested in, um, more so trademark and copyright and later on interested in public domain is because it's, um, I believe it's $600 you get, um, fined as a business if you use somebody's copyrighted or trademarked work. And it's $10,000 if you do it for a client. So I was like, I have always bought every picture I've ever owned. I've always had, you know, uh, uh, oh, shoot, what is it called? Where you know the domain of where you got your things. And source the information. Yeah, that, that to me was super important years ago when I was posting things for people making, you know, social media graphics, things like that. And I got really interested in it. So we're going to talk today. I'm going to give you a little course in like all of the different terms that are going to come up. And then I love that we're going to brainstorm some ways that, uh, you know, nonprofits can use them. The only nonprofit I've ever been involved in was the Colorado House Rabbit Society. I do have a blog post on my website about how to get volunteers because they were really bad at it. And so I did um, I did write them a blog post on how to get volunteers, but I haven't worked tons with nonprofits, but I've worked with all kinds of businesses over the years, small businesses and medium-sized SMEs and small businesses. Yeah, and I think that's sort of, helpful context to to say like what's at stake why do i care about this on one end there's the penalty side which is frankly not as much fun as the creative which we'll get to but i'll just say from uh personal experience we had interns writing content at whole whale uh seven years ago i get this email from it's like a takedown notice but also basically we use like a picture of a squirrel with some nuts that somebody just googled just googled the image and The content really wasn't used at all. And we got fined, I will say, I I can't officially say, but it it is in the thousands of dollars for a picture an intern put on our website like a decade ago. Like it's very real what you're talking about and very painful. So 
I think, you know, your, your note, I'll just put an exclamation point on that. It's worth checking because the algorithms that people have for quickly searching and scanning websites have improved for scanning for this type of copyrighted work. All righty, on to you. And, what? And, and there's so much available for free or a very little money. I'm going to explain the difference, how you get super free stuff and then how you get um, like really tiny money stuff, right? And to me, tiny money is under $10, maybe not under $300, right? I'm talking tiny money. So we're going to start off by talking about um, what trademark is. So trademark gets talked about a lot. And trademark is just the words, right? So you, so Nike's swoosh, the picture of it is copyrighted because it's an image, but the word just do it is trademarked. And you can't use those kind of terms. What you're talking about with the creative and the marketing and maybe pictures for blogs and maybe pictures for things to sell or images for things to sell is called copyright because copyright covers artistic things like pictures, um, poems, books, things like that. And things come out of copyright. I looked it up uh, after 70 years. So things before 1924 are in the public domain right now. And something super exciting came into the public domain this year, which was the original Pooh Bear. So and all the characters, right? So everything from the Milne books are public domain. Yeah, and there's illustrations of Pooh Bear and Eeyore and the Hundred Acre Woods and things like that, that people truly have a heartfelt connection to, right? So if you're talking about doing something that is going to help a nonprofit, you're not looking for something that's going to um, be, you know, mercenary or or something like that. You want something that people can go back to their childhood and think, oh my gosh, it's Pooh Bear. I love Pooh. And there's a whole list of, um, and you can put a link on it. Um, I have a whole list on my website of stories that are in the public domain. So Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair is in the public domain. So that is something that people can use. Oh, we have to talk about public domain too. Um, but that is, that is a story that people can use. What they can't use is Tangled, right? Tangled is the Disneyfied version of you know, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down my hair, right? So what you want to do is you want to make sure that anything you're looking to use, there's a database. It's the PT, PTO database. It's called TESS, T-E-S-S. If you just search TESS on Google, they have a way to search for it. And you put in only look for live ones. So if you look for live and dead ones, then you're going to get a lot. But we only care about the ones that are live right now. And so you can find out if something is in the public domain, is is avail is copyrighted or not. Now, public domain is way more just than things that have gone out of copyright or that aren't trademarked. There are things called creative commons, 
where an artist or a writer or people like that will take their items and and file them as Creative Commons. Now you want what's called Creative Commons OO, zero, zero. And that means they hold no, um, they don't have any license on it, where if it's just like a plain Creative Commons, a lot of times they'll exclude a commercial license. Even though you're a nonprofit, if you're selling something commercially, that would be violating the terms of that license. And you can find all kinds of things doing that search for pictures for your website, for things like that. Now, there are places that say they have Creative Commons things like Morgue File has a lot of pictures on it. It's just one of the places. and But they don't have a vetting process. Mm. They rely on the people uploading the pictures to do it. So we're going to talk for just a wee minute about why sometimes it's better to purchase it than not, okay? Even if you're using something that's in the public domain. So we're going to talk about Pooh Bear because I love him. And Absolutely. <laughs> but, but you could go, you could grab a book off the shelf. You could download that. You know, you could scan that image. You could fix all of the little problems with a graphic program like Photoshop and make sure it's in the proper condition to use on a t-shirt or you use on postcards or things like that. Or you can go to a place like Creative Market where somebody has already done that for you. Like an artist has already done all those steps and you buy it with a commercial license. Usually they're about $11, I think, to get like a set of Pooh Bear images. Alice in Wonderland is in the public domain, so you can use Alice in Wonderland. Now they have, somebody has trademarked Alice in Wonderland on t-shirts. So you still, even if it's in the public domain, you always want to go check the trademark database. It's not, there's no like blanket, these are all safe and these are not all safe. You always want to go and check. So, so the be- trademark database, what does that look like? Is that tests or is that a That's different? Tests. Yeah. Well, that's test. And all you do is you put a, you know, you put in Alice in Wonderland in tests and say, click live and click search. And then it'll show you what category of things are ex- like you have to exclude. So say it says t shirt, clothing. Um, I can't remember what's all in that category, but you could make. You could make greeting cards. Nobody's trademarked that for greeting cards. So that's why you want to check. So even if you think, oh my gosh, Alice in Wonderland's gone, it doesn't mean it is if you're not using it on the thing they've trademarked it for. And I have such a good example that I looked up for you. So the word elf is trademarked for lighters, photography backdrop, and amplifiers. Three different categories. Hmm. You can't use it for that. But as of right now, if you wanted to use it on a T-shirt, you it's not just the you're going to put a picture of an elf on a T-shirt and you're and for nonprofits, you may be able to avoid some of these problems. Right. Because you're functionally selling to your constituents rather than as much trying to sell internationally. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, sometimes sometimes you may want to sell internationally. But um 
you know, if you're if you're doing a fundraiser internally and you're not going to be advertising it online um, or or in a huge way, then you may be able to kind of get away with it. Um, if they do send you a cease and desist, then you have made commercial money on it, though. They can claw back that money. So it's it's mm -hmm. worth looking. Yeah. Well, this complicates it a bit more because prior to even you saying that, I just assumed if it's in the public domain, I'm looking at, you know, a picture of Winnie the Pooh, somebody could have trademarked that on a T-shirt. So I'm like, oh, I can spin up my T-shirts with Winnie the Pooh on it. No, they can't trademark the picture of Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. They could trade, they could, and they can't copyright it because the copyright belongs to A.A. Mill. Mm -hmm. So uh -uh, the original artwork is in the public domain. What they could do is, and it would take them a while to do it because they have to show the first time the trademark, the word was used in the public. And then they have to pay money to get it. It's about $1,200 to get the trademark. And then they have to go through a whole process where it's vetted, right? So you're, they, and they won't go backwards. So if you were to sell a Winnie the Pooh, says Winnie the Pooh, it's the Pooh Bear, old Pooh Bear, you're done. And in two years, somebody trademarks Winnie the Pooh and you had used it. They don't go backwards. Mm -hmm. Does that help at all? You know what it helps with? Reminding folks that just because it's on that list, you should double check the database, especially if you're going to put marketing power behind it, putting it on products and, you know, as you go to use it. But this, again, though, is a massive shopping list because there are some edge cases. You know, maybe you can't put uh, poo on a lighter. <laughs> but no, you can't still... put an you can't put an elf on a lighter. <laughs> right. uh, let's get your let's get it straight. Elves not okay. Poo, like we'll just memorize. Who's okay? Who's good? Uh, he's good to go on a lighter. I mean, you know, there's that huge. Uh, I mean, the movie's coming out, right? They did a, a horror movie with Winnie the Pooh, and that well, yeah, because... dropped this season because you can do that. You can do that now, right? And so all of these amazing things that people, and it's not even just, so Walt Disney was brilliant. He took over so many fairy tales yeah. and kind of stole them for himself, right? There is a real Beauty and the Beast story that is an old fable from like when the Black Plague was around that he then made specific. Now, you can do all kinds of things with Beauty and the Beast. You just can't do the bell in the in the mm -hmm. yellow. Iconography, right? Yeah. Okay, and then, so that's kind of from both the old movie and the new movie. And then you can't do, and then you, you, you can, but there's so many things you can do. Like Sleeping Beauty is... You can say Sleeping Beauty. He doesn't own Sleeping Beauty. He owns Aurora because that wasn't the name of the original Sleeping Beauty. It was like his sister. And so he picked that one. So then you want to really try. I do know a lot about this. You, <laughs> you want to try to try to make sure that something isn't isn't copyrighted or trademarked before you use it. And just because and do not go to Etsy. Do not go to anywhere and do a search and think oh look this is all over etsy it must be okay that's not how the world works 
Yeah, you're really talking about the original like name of the character as presented essentially in the in the trademark language in the copyright public domain. And the images, you know, I'm looking through your your piece on Alice in Wonderland. You may have that image of Alice in a blue dress and the, you know, the Mad Hatter. It is a very different look, frankly, but it's still recognizable as the character. But it doesn't necessarily have that immediate brand recognition that essentially Disney Disney Disneyfied it. Disneyfied it. Right. But right but now, there's... for instance, there's two there's two movies about Pinocchio, one on, I think, Netflix and one on Disney as a re-release. Like, guess what? That's another story similar to, as you just mentioned, Beauty and the Beast that you can run with. Yeah, there are so many things and so many. Oh, and and they're really mad about this. But I think in the next year, it might be next year. Mickey's coming to town. Old Mickey, like really old Mickey, is OG coming Mickey. down. Yeah. OG Mickey is coming out of out of copyright, and so that's what's kind of fun about it to me. Like I, I make stuff for um, now. I make artwork. I'm an artist now, um, and I make artwork. So I made my own version of the Mad Hattress, who does not look like um, Johnny Depp. It doesn't look like Disney's version. She's a, a woman in a hat. And the original Alice in Wonderland had that 10 and 10, six, you know, thing in her hat. And so she's very recognizable as Alice in Wonderland or as the Mad Hat had her from Alice in Wonderland. But she's a feminist version of her. So now we get into maybe some of that creative elements, unless there's some more guardrails you want to toss out for folks. No, I think I think if you've gotten this far and you have all of the uh, warnings. (laughs) (laughs) We really made them take their vegetables first, right? Amen. Vegetables and vitamins first. (laughs) So you can riff on them. You can take this original concept and riff on it. Can I just maybe up to, you know, about 3,000 feet, explain to me like, what are the advantages of using a character that has this recognition already? Okay. So the reason why there is copyright and trademark is because it would be so much easier to sell a um, Alice in Wonderland uh, Queen of Hearts mug if it looked just like Disney's, right? People have already paid money to go to the Disney movie. They've already paid to go to Disney World. Walt Disney has already done the work to make people want to like that, right? And so it's unfair. If you think, oh, I want to do something with Transformers because there's good brand recognition, the reason why you want to do it is because there's good brand recognition, right? Now, the reason we now I want to I'll give you my Mad Hattress example. Mm -hmm. The reason I want to do a Mad Hattress is I can use all the words except for Alice in Wonderland. So Mad Hatter isn't trademarked. You know, Tea Party, we're all mad here. All of those things are not trademarked. So I can make a Mad Hattress shirt with we're all mad here. And I can I can market it in a way that it will be able to get found by a portion of the population that's interested in the Alice in Wonderland story. That's why that's why I want to make a bad hatchers, because I know that there are people that already resonate with that character 
whether it was the Disney character or whether they read Alice in Wonderland in their childhood or whether they saw Johnny Depp, any which way, they have a feeling towards that character and I can use that to help sell my stuff. Gotcha. So you're you're shopping for these characters in part because of this. And I want to come back to the the value that you are essentially borrowing for free. Think about the amount of attention it took to bring that character to millions of people. How much would that have cost for you to do the same? Now, you then, because of that attention, as I understand it, there's recognition. Oh, I see that. I grew up with that. I was read that. And then with recognition, you then can play with the affinity, which, by the way, can be positive and negative. There are often villains in here as well. But you then can immediately start on page five instead of page one. And then it sounds like add your flavor of brand message, even advocacy. Does that sound right? Yeah, exactly. So give me an idea of one of your um, nonprofits. Oh, gosh. Well, we have a lot of uh, animal welfare organizations, I'd say, uh, interested in preserving and saving and protecting lands. Okay. So animal welfare makes me think of the big wildcat organization when I was in Colorado which makes me think of the Cowardly Lion, and they could use the Cowardly Lion, the original Frank Baum Cowardly Lion, which is in, I'm 95, yeah, it's in the public domain, and do something with the Cowardly Lion that matches their, their um, the, the, the way their nonprofit is set up and who it's serving. It's serving animals, right? Yeah. And so if 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 the Wildcat Sanctuary already knows their people love big cats and now they're giving them the Cowardly Lion with that affinity to not the movie, the book and that character, but you can still use Cowardly Lion and all that comes with it and all the heartstrings that come with it. Then all of a sudden you have a target market group that's already predisposed to like it and buy it at a higher price because they don't really care. They know the profit's going to the animal rescue group. They know that this is something that they're going to love and cherish because it helped their thing, but they also enjoy wearing it. And in wearing it, now they're promoting the animal rescue group. So there's like this amazing, you know, circle of wonderfulness. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to go with Tigger, but you you threw me a curveball. I maybe have gone with, you know, you could Tigger and saving Tiggers because he is uh, a character inside of Winnie the Pooh. Now you well, there's once you start brains, but but think about that. You and I went to two totally different things that are both actually big cats that could help an annual animal rescue. So say you rescue turtles, you want to find maybe I and don't t- don't quote me on this, but maybe the wind in the willows is in the public domain, the original book, and there's a fun turtle in there. Or, you know, those are the kind of things you want to try to figure out how you can monop- how you can uh, really use their brand recognition to make your customers, who are your donors, more willing to buy something and not only buy it, because that doesn't help as much if they're not wearing it and helping spread your message. I want to pull the thread a bit more because immediately you, you talk about merchandise. And I, I imagine if I were to drop you into many sort of 
afterthoughts of, uh, you know, we'll call it a Shopify or a Spreadshirt or a, a very cafe press I'm talking about, you know, we put our logo on a shirt so our audience can go get it. It's an afterthought. It's not the forefront. Can you explain very quickly, like when you look at the opportunity of Etsy or putting imagery on a shirt, is there money there? Like, what does that look like in your world? Okay. So for a nonprofit specifically, not my world, because in my world, I'm an artist now. But for a nonprofit, number one, I would suggest they use Redbubble. It is incredibly simple. You do not pay a dime to list any of the products. And as a as a nonprofit, you make this say you say uh, and you don't have the you don't have anybody on staff with the ability to make what you need. Number one, you can go to Creative Market right now, and they have. Um, there's a gal on there that does dark Alice. She does all kinds of like pink Alice and mm-hmm. dark Alice. And, and you can just buy a graphic that's already ready to drop on a t-shirt for like 12 bucks or 20 bucks. So you've bought the right to use that on a t-shirt. And then you can put, you know, words on the top, words on the bottom, you know, the name of your uh, charity on the back. And if your people do not have the ability to do that, you can go to a place like Fiverr, which is F-I-V-E-R-R.com and give them the graphics that you want to use that you've paid for. Don't, don't, don't rely on them to get the graphics because you want to control the, the fact that, you know, you have purchased commercial rights to use this. Ask them to make you a t-shirt and they'll make you a t-shirt for like 20 bucks. So the then the creation of it. So how do you set up a shop? What do you point people to is that set up your shop for? Redbubble. Redbubble. And you can set up a custom shop with my nonprofit and I get some graphics that just frankly go beyond. Here's our logo. We oh gosh, it. no. No, no. I mean, you could put your logo graphic sure. on there. You could. I mean, like that could. And you could even make it cute. Okay, so if I had at least the, uh, okay, let's think not as cute as the WWF because they have a super cute logo. But say you just have a word logo, right? Yeah. You could take and put a Christmas hat on it for Christmas and then they would have to buy it for Christmas. And you could put some Marty Bog beads hanging on it or put some shamrocks on it for the for um, I was going to say the Fourth of July, but for St. Patrick's Day, and you could do all kinds of things if you just want to tart up your logo. And then, yes, other people in the world could buy it, but primarily, you're going to be driving the people who already like you to that place so they can buy things. You can buy stickers, you can buy yeah. blankets, you can buy, and and all you do is you upload your thing once and then they put it on all that stuff if you want. And it's, you know, on-demand creation and shipping and it's all handled for you. But I think getting back to our ideation, let me give you another uh, another type of organization. And this is going to be tough, but you asked for it. Uh, we've got cancer-related organizations interested in sort of uh, awareness for, let's say, lung cancer uh, or colorectal cancer. So what types of, <laughs> I see her smile. You can't see, dude. <laughs> I'll narrate. She's laughing and smiling. She has an idea. All right. What, what well, do you think? 
Well, for the cult, I'm I'm way edgier than nonprofits, right? That's okay. So for the colorectal one, I would go with, you know, but why didn't you get your test with like somebody's butt and not saying B-U-T-T, but B-U-T, but why did, but, but implying that everything's about a butt, right? Colorectal cancer, it's your butt. I like your job. Um, but that's the kind of thing that you have to get out of your own way and figure out something cute with a marketing hook that is going to um, to be interesting to people to buy cards to buy what so what so if you're not I would have gone Wizard of Oz with this one like a behind the curtain or like a wizard behind the curtain or a, maybe a Tin Man or something like I have no heart all right like maybe I guess my mind went there. Well, I'm not, I'm not done with this yet. Oh, hold on. Keep cooking. So for the lung cancer, mm-hmm. I would, I would, um, and you can do this on Fiverr or you can ask if anybody's an art is artistic in your group, get lungs and have them painted with, um, have them painted with some kind of cute pattern, right? So have some artists make lungs look pretty, and then that's going to be something that people, people already, sorry about the rustling, people already want to support this, but if there's a beautiful set of lungs and, and you can put that on something, on a, on a card, on a whatever. So if you are looking for products, I guess I'm just stuck in the products right now. What were you looking to use public domain stuff for? So I can give you better examples. Now. Yeah, moving out of the product land, I would say it's the process I'm imagining is shopping through a Winnie the Pooh and all the characters and then saying like, what type of graphics could we use in our website art, blog posts, social media, mini campaigns that might be around fundraisers and that type of use where it's just, you know, it's the ability to have an immediate, as I mentioned before, combination of recognition and affinity, then telling a nuance of your story. I would still buy the, because you're, when you're buying the uh, Pooh Bear thing from Creative Market, mm-hmm. you're buying the set. So the entire set of the Pooh Bear images. So you've got, say you were to do that, and we're, let's, let's talk about the, um, colorectal one because if i'm going in i'm going to the hardest one you have tigger and i'm so happy that my my friend Pooh got his colorectal screen <laughs> he's bouncing on his tail right yeah so this is something. No, you're that- right. You can take these characters and have a dialogue. And what does it mean that happens? It's just it. It is so much. It imbues it with so much more nuance, doesn't it? Right, right, right. Because then you're not you're not thinking. So so colorectal cancer for me go. I go directly to uh, the gal who was on the Today Show, whose husband died. Jay died. Um, super cute lady. Can't remember her name right this second. And so there's a lot of bad um associations sad associations to that and there's not this um 
this feeling of hope that if you help donate to my cause, we can do so many more things than just mourn people. We can help with research. So maybe you have, what's the one that's always the owl, right? Is the smart one. Mm -hmm. And so the owl says, you know, did you know that, that your donation helps us research cures and um, things to help with colorectal cancer, right? Like now you're saying, oh, it's not just this horrifying thing that everybody's going to die from. It's that you, you as an organization present a way for people to be hopeful and to want to donate because, and to want to share socially. Like, do yeah. you want to yeah. share a picture of a colon? I have seen a picture of a colon and they are not attractive. Do you want to share a picture of a colon or do you want to share a picture of Tigger jumping up and down? Right? Yeah. With a funny context to it, but here's the, here's the game that I'm seeing. You're bringing in characters that have a normal relationship and then you're adding dialogue. It's a caption contest in some respects of saying, what would this dialogue look like if it were about our cause? All right. I'm going to throw you another one, unless there's another point here. No, no. I All right. Okay. The uh, news literacy project, and then generally anybody dealing with misinformation online. And so this particular organization works with uh, educators and journalists to give students the skills they need to discern fact from fiction and know what to trust. Oh my goodness. I would totally use was, um, oh, we just watched this. Oh, you can't use it. I can give you a great example you can't use, but just because it's on the top of my mind. So you know how in Frozen, the, the, the Prince Charming was the villain and the dopey guy? Yeah. The, okay, who was the villain in, um, in Frozen? You could do this on social media. You could absolutely do this without getting in trouble. Yeah, so, Prince Hans. So just like, yeah, who like a quiz? Who was the villain in social media? Da, da, da. Everybody knows fake news. Sometimes you know, or or however you put it, that things aren't always what they seem at first glance, right? Yeah. And so you're talking about the fact that don't forget when you're reading the news, things aren't always what you see at first glance. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge is in the um, is in the public domain. That Scrooge story. Oh, that's yeah. why you have. That's why you have Scrooge, and you have all those movies that that are made of it. But you could put something about, um, you know, you can't use Scrooge McDuck, but you can use Scrooge, and you could put something about the fact that that uh, Scrooge goes bankrupt. Loses all his money. And then <laughs> underneath, you could say something like, not true. He donated it all to a, to worthy causes after Tiny Tim taught him the right way to do it. Make sure to uh -huh. fact check. Yeah. Right? I thought, all right, here, I'm going to play one into you. See how you would go with uh, the, the Queen of Hearts is public domain. Yeah. And notoriously, pretty terrible leader. Uh, did you have the little cards as like defenders or like at least the soldiers, right? No, no, no. Have, like two soldiers. Yeah, two yeah, soldiers. Hearts, the Queen of Hearts talking, talking to each other, being like, I'm not sure red paint's so great for flowers, but I'm not going to look it up. Right, right, right. So Painting the roses red, like all of that sort of iconography. And you're like, 
check that. So this could be part of an ongoing joke series. Could even be a could even be a shirt. <laughs> I'll go back to your product. Well, but no, but it could, and I just set up a. I've had an Etsy shop, but I just the reason why I suggest Redbubble is because it is the easiest thing in mm. twenty years I have ever done online. The way they've made the website and the ease of adding, it just has to be a big enough picture, which is why I suggested a Fiverr person, because they're going to be able to, there's there's terms, like it has to be 4,500 pixels by 5,000, like, and and nonprofit people are like, la, 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 I can't hear that. But any, any kind of graphic artist mm -hmm. can do that in a heartbeat. It's just not a hard thing. And so if they if they have an idea that they want to implement, they could implement it with somebody on Fiverr very easily. Gotcha. All right. You ready for another one? Sure. Keep going. All right. This is a one move for hunger, but also hunger organizations in general, food banks, collecting food. And in general, for, for move for hunger, they're a national nonprofit and they have a sustainable way to reduce food waste. Mainly when people move, instead of throwing it away, they have moving companies that have been part of their network that get food that last mile to donated to local food banks. So anything in the food bank, food insecure space. Okay, so like I that? go to the Mad Hatter's tea party where they're eating, right? Right after this, they called the moving company and they came and, or they called, you know, move for hunger and no food, no tea cakes were wasted. Mm. Right, and that's all imagery you can go grab, and, and that's all imagery. It's just there, and people already know it, and they know about the. I if if I was doing Move for Hunger, I would do a whole series of it with like cupcakes, like a, a really cute cupcake, maybe even not a an Alice in Wonderland cupcake, but you can use Drink Me. You can use, I believe always check. You can use Drink Me. You can use Eat Me. And then say, oh, those little tags that are like so iconic to it. Yeah. Right. So eat me on a little cupcake because you can buy those kind of images um, already made. And once you have your little cupcake, then you can say uh, not a crumb went to waste because the food bank showed up or the move food movers or move for hunger showed up. And so you're like the big part of whatever you're doing is going to be the cupcake and the eat me. And then, especially on social media, then the underneath of it is the message with a link to your donate page or a link to your about page so people can understand what your thing is. People want to know how to help, but you have to attract their attention before they know that you're there, right? Mm -hmm. I adopted three kids from foster care. And so food poverty is super important to me because my kids came from that situation. Um, but there's no way for me to know. And, and I work with realtors all the time because of that little two-year thing in real estate. I would think that you could contact realtors and have them give everybody who's moving a flyer to put in the homes of the people who are moving and you're literally touching so many more people who are moving but you have to attract that realtor first yeah i had the thought of you know winnie the pooh and honey i'm done i'm all in poo but winnie the pooh and honey like he's always looking for honey always hungry and nothing is sadder than a sad poo and an empty honey 
Exactly. That's wonderful. I love it. That is wonderful. There's a whole bunch in Scrooge. So so then at Christmas time, you do Scrooge and, you know, Tiny Tim never had enough to eat. This is this is the if Tiny Tim had been alive now, Move for Hunger would have been able to help him. Right. So. So your your image is something endearing and heartfelt and that and then your message is that this is an actual thing that helps people. And what you oh, here's another thing. Oh, this is a big one. Let's talk about demographics, right? Like who has the most disposable income right now? And I see a lot of people. Tr- OK, let's start. Let's start this coherently because i just got really excited um so people with money are i'm 56 so i have money and people older than me right so let's say 50 and older have money disposable income to donate so you want most of your um donations your hardcore hey you know send like I I support Best Friends, which is a dog rescue. Well, it's a giant rescue place, but they had a Dogtown TV show and stuff like that. So I donate to them and they send me emails with pictures of dogs and dog stories and sometimes dog T-shirts and things like that. And I have the disposable income to do it. I also donate to Kiva and which is uh, for um, entrepreneurs overseas, their micro loans, right? So you want to take and figure out what kind of images are going to appeal to people who are older if you're looking for donations. Not to say to ignore younger people, mm. but but that's a better target market <laughs> to um to to get money, easy money, recurring revenue, whatever you want to call it, because the disposable income is there. If you're trying to get volunteers, I don't volunteer very often. I'm old and grumpy and I don't really like to leave the house. And so you're going to get a lot more volunteers from the younger people. So you would direct if this is what your um what the data from your past marketing campaigns has shown in your nonprofit. If it doesn't show that then don't don't do this. But think about it, and and if you can get volunteers from younger people, then figure out how you can use those kind of things more hip and edgy. And mine can go back to tradition and, you know, um, uh, sentimental and things like that. So those are all also things you want to put in the mix, not just what is the character you're using, because you could use Tigger the same way. Uh, you know, you said to use, I said, oh, I said to use him. No, you said to use him for the Wildcats. But you could also use him to say, hey, hop on over and help us with the, you know, the drive to end colorectal cancer, right? So apparently yeah, it's, it's, it's really usable. And I want to put a finer point on what you're saying with regard to generational targeting, because the characters that are coming into public domain are 70 to 100 years old. They are perhaps more recognizable. They're recognizable and broad, but specifically higher affinity, higher recognition for, let's just be honest, a generation over 45. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Now, 
I, I would say that my daughter, who is 17, recognized the Mad Hattress because my artwork is a little cartoony. But if yeah, you have styles, to, yeah, yeah, my style is a little bit more cartoony. But if you were to just put, and she recognizes old poo, so then you would have to go to the really big ones. You couldn't go to like Owl from from uh, Poo. You would have to go to Pooh Bear, Tigger, Eeyore, um, Piglet. and then and then you want yeah, Piglet. But then you want to um to find out like how how people are using those characters in common vernacular in the zeitgeist because are you a tigger or are you an eeyore is an actual thing i'm an eeyore meaning that i tend to be a little i just had this conversation with one of my friends today that i'm a little bit more you know grumpy and a little bit more you know doubting and she's a tigger she's all like everything's great and everything's fine and da, 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 da. and so that's already in the zeitgeist so you could do a fun quiz on on your social media and say are you a tigger or are you a eeyore uh, we're gonna have a drawing for a free entry to the whatever you have coming up for for one person from whichever team wins right yeah yeah i uh, you know, just throwing other like just looking through fictional characters is so much more than I realized. You know, Robin Hood, Sherlock Holmes, Frankenstein's monster. Uh, you know, it is a we've only just scratched the surface of of kind of what's possible. Uh, I wonder. Uh, I've been playing around with Dolly Two and image creation from AI, and I realized that you can actually take one of these originals and do rips on it. Um, you know, I think you'll get more random than you would an artist, but. The ability to do variations, even on, on some of these imagery, once you have, as you acknowledge, like that style of the original thing that people may recognize, you could actually move those characters around more easily than ever before, I think. Well, especially for a nonprofit on social media, if you're yeah. doing no commercial sales and you're just posting on social so, yeah. media and you wanted to take, say, the drippy clock from Dolly and and put it you know, on the front of your building and say, hey, it's time to, it's time to donate times, times, you know, times running out to donate for the, you know, September big cat, whatever, whatever, whatever. For that, there's a general feeling that as long as you have changed, as long as more than 40% change. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a I'm really big on the bad things that happen. So do you remember that Obama poster that was kind of a really graphic, uh, stark graphic that Are was, you seen the Sh Shepherd's Ferry one? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. He copied that from a picture that he didn't have the commercial rights to you. Oh, like, yeah, that's right. Okay, so he is in trouble for that. He's getting sued by the photographer, or he's been sued by the photographer for that because he didn't change it at all, short of poster up it, short of what anybody could have done in Illustrator. He made yeah, it exactly. He just dropped it down the middle and changed one shade, changed the other shade, hit it with an outline. And he's like, well, yeah, and bam, you're done. Well, the original yeah. photographer could prove it was his. So the thought is that as long as you change about 40%, but there's lots of 
really recognizable. I don't know if you know Klimt, K-L-I-M-P-T. Um, he made all that gold arch where there's like two people oh, hugging yeah. and there's gold. All of that is in the public domain. His, his stuff. Uh, his is the kiss, right? That's the, the yeah, one he did. The kiss. Yeah. So there's tons of stuff. If you start to, to take a look and then, so you can go to, you can do a search for um, Creative Commons, mm -hmm. um, which is an actual place. Creative Commons. Yeah, of course. And and use lots of things there because there are a lot of contemporary artists. There are a lot of just people who love to make art or who love to take pictures who are willing to have people use their artwork with, with a commercial license because you still have to have a commercial license. You are a commercial entity, even as a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you're not using it for personal use. Yeah. You have to, especially, I think the bright line here I'm taking away as we, as we wrap up is, you know, for general social media and your website use, there's uh, clearly ways you can use it, but you definitely have to double check, triple check, and even consider paying for some access to it when the commercial rights of like, all right, I'm putting it on an item to be sold and revenue will be generated, albeit even for a nonprofit. 100%. But I also think that there's ways to buy collection like to pay for a commercial license of mm -hmm. a, a large collection for a low amount of money that you then know unilaterally you have purchased the commercial right to you right? right like so if you have all the poos and you have all the the alice in wonderlands and you have a creative intern and you say you know let's all help you brainstorm things to do they could be posting on social media or your website for the next you know year with all different kinds of fun things. Yeah. All right. Normally I end with rapid fire questions, but I will, I will uh, trim it down a little bit maybe for you and some final wrap up questions, unless there's any other finer points you want to put on this overall conversation. No, I think this was fun. It was interesting. A little bit different. Uh, all right. So what is one tech challenge you're currently facing right now? I, I just wrote in my newsletter about this, that my first reaction to anything is, I can't do that. I'm an Eeyore, right? So I think, oh, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. And um, one of my friends today, her coach told her she had to do TikTok. And she said, um, you know, I, I don't, she was freaked out, just freaked out. And she said, I don't know how to do this. And so I talked to her for a little while and at the end of it, she's like, oh, I absolutely can do this. So I think when, when, when my first reaction is I can't do this, number one, I'll phone a friend. And then number two, I will look on YouTube because everything you need to know about how to do anything is on YouTube. All right. What new website or tool have you started using in the past year that's been a game changer for you? Redbubble. Redbubble. So fun. Love it. And I have no affiliation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this this ad brought to you by Redbubble.com. Right? <laughs> find, find your new hobby. Exactly. Uh, well, but I think it's because I've used Etsy for so mm -hmm. long and I've worked with so many entrepreneurs and it is hard. Like it's just mm. like it's hard to use. It's hard to, to do things. And and so it's, it's distressing to give that as, as a person who suggests ways to make 
money or to do marketing or to do things like that. It's distressing to me to recommend something that I know that they're probably going to spend a lot of time at and may not succeed yeah. where I was like, well, all my little people will be able to, because my, my um, readership for marketing artfully is women who tend to be older who may not be as technically inclined. And so to have something to um, recommend them, I'll give you another one though. Canva.com. Oh, we're friends of Canva. Yeah. Okay. Classic. So if, All right. If you're doing any kind of um, graphics work, they like, so you could totally pull your logo into Canva and they have all kinds of elements in there. And when I said put like a little uh, Santa Claus hat on it, they would have a Santa Claus hat you could stick onto your, um, to your thing, even for like the top of your news. How fun would that be? The top, the header of your newsletter every month, you stick something on it. And then Seasonal people, iconography. Yeah. Yeah. And then people get used to looking for that. And that's a way to get them to read your newsletter, which is the point. All righty. Uh, what is one piece of advice your parents gave you that you either followed or did not follow? Don't open things with your teeth. I paid a lot for them and I open things with my teeth all the time. <laughs> that might be the best answer to that question we've ever had. We've had many years of this. That's, <laughs> I'm not going to pull the thread there. I think that was perfect. Final hardball question here. How do people find you? How do people help you? Uh, so I, um, I have a, I, marketing artfully is helpful to marketing things. I have another website called artsyfartsylife.com. And, um, I have a lot of stuff on there that's artsy fartsy, um, art, artistic stuff. And then also a bunch for, um, Alzheimer's because mm. my mother-in-law has Alzheimer's. So caregiving for Alzheimer's. So if anybody has that, then there's a lot of good information there. And what might somebody reach out to you personally to do, to work on? I don't work for people anymore. <laughs> don't do that. I'm out of the client games. All right. We'll have but you know what? But you know what? I have an open offer to anybody to email me questions. And I get lots of questions. It's Tara at Marketing Artfully. And so while I won't do it for you, a lot of times I have either a recommendation or um, I can answer a question really quick, quickly for you that would maybe be something that would take you a long time to figure out. And I have people email, like, you know how some people don't mind getting texts and a text will like fritz out my day. I get emails all day long from people and I've done that for years. For 20 years, my email has been out on the internet and it's in lots of my blog posts that say, feel free to email me if you have any questions. And then um, if you're more artsy, I have a really cool newsletter on artsy party. And if you're more marketing, I have a really cool newsletter on marketing artfully. Well, I appreciate you answering my random cold email to you. And it all makes sense now. I appreciate you giving generously of your time and thank you. It was nice talking to you today. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us.
Thanks, as always, to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 